Support for this podcast comes from Bryn Mawr Communications. BMC produces a number of informative podcast series spanning a variety of topics in optometry. Discover a new show at itube.net slash podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Mod Pod, your monthly access point to a curated list of articles from modern optometry in audio form. This month's episode allows you to catch up on three more select articles from the April issue, and we have a nice mix of topics, so it should be something that appeals to everyone, but really I think all three will appeal to everyone. Let's not waste another second. Do you offer specialty contact lenses in your practice? Well, Caitlin Morrison, optometrist and owner of InFocus Specialty Contact Lens and Vision Solutions in Scottsdale, Arizona, has some points for you to ponder if you're not already offering this option. And if you do fit specialty lenses, resist the urge to skip to the next article. Everyone does things differently, and you might just learn something new anyway. When I first opened my specialty contact lens practice, I was focused on providing my patients with the highest quality scleral and rigid gas permeable lenses. These were patients with irregular corneas due to corneal scarring, post-corneal transplants, and conditions such as keratoconus. The lenses I fit them with vastly improved their vision, which made them incredibly happy. My practice is now four years old and I have expanded my contact lens offerings. I am blown away by the number of patients who have benefited from specialty lenses that aren't scleral or RGP patients. You too can reap the benefits of fitting patients with specialty lenses. I'll explain how. Following are a few simple steps to help get you going with specialty lenses in your practice. One, you can find free recorded lectures on the websites of the Scleral Lens Education Society, sclerolens.org, Gas Permeable Lens Institute, gpli.info, and Wu University, wuu.org, to name a few. Two, call the manufacturers of specialty lenses that you're interested in and speak with them about the products they offer. You can also request a list of offerings to be sent to your email. Knowing the types of lenses that are out there is half the battle. Three, Discuss the lens type, its benefits, and the type of patients it would help at your next staff meeting. The more your staff can inform patients about what is available, the easier it will be to introduce new lenses to your patients during their examination. Because patients with high myopia tend to have steeper corneas, whereas those with higher hyperopia tend to have flatter corneas, neither category qualifies for the one-size-fits-all base curve and diameter combination of commercially available soft contact lenses. For this reason, an adequate fitting lens could be much more comfortable if it were custom made. This is also the case for patients with smaller or larger horizontal visible iris diameters, HVIDs, also known as white to white measurements. These measurements are used to determine the ideal sagittal depth of a contact lens. Patients with larger HVIDs need a contact lens with a deeper sagittal depth, AKA steeper base curve and larger diameter, whereas patients with smaller HVIDs need a lens with a shallower sagittal depth, typically flatter base curve and smaller contact lens diameter. In my practice, when I see a patient with an HVID of less than 11.5 millimeters or greater than 12 millimeters, I recommend the patient be fit with a custom soft lens. 
Many times I have ordered both custom soft lenses and commercially available soft lenses for the same patient, and they always end up preferring the version of the custom soft lens. Patients who have complicated surgeries or trauma are sometimes left with pupillary abnormalities. And in my experience, even the smallest pupillary change can induce life-altering light sensitivity. Using specialty contact lenses to reduce light sensitivity has been a huge winner in my office. Prosthetic contact lenses, either plain black or color, that block out light and recreate a spherical pupil can increase a patient's quality of life tenfold. Colored prosthetic contact lenses can also be incredibly life-changing for the self-esteem and confidence of patients with disfigured eyes or diffuse corneal scarring. One patient with a keratoprosthesis device, an artificial cornea that makes the eye appear blue in color, said that after being fit with his brown prosthetic contact lens, that his life and confidence dramatically increased and that choosing this lens was the best thing he's done all year. Patients who need prismatic correction in their glasses may also benefit from specialty contact lenses. Contact lenses with prism are one of my favorite topics to discuss because not a lot of doctors know about them. Custom soft lenses can incorporate up to four diopters of base down prism, whereas scleral lenses can incorporate four diopters in any direction. Now that you've heard what specialty lenses have done for my patients, know that adding them to your practice can benefit you as well. Your patients need you to offer this option. With customized lenses, we get to stay on the cutting edge of technology, offering not necessarily what is easiest and most routine, but what will truly enhance the lives of our patients. Doing so leads to more patient engagement with our practices and better patient retention. Referrals will come in from patients who believe we have gone above and beyond the status quo to solve their visual issues. When patients believe that you're acting in their best interest, their trust in you will grow and they will tell others about the service and offerings at your practice. Drawing from experience, Easy Aniyama, a third year student at the University of Houston College of Optometry, offers his perspective on how unconventional paths can affect the lives, perspectives, and opportunities of today's optometry students. Before we hear from him though, let's pause for a second. Support for this podcast comes from Bryn Mawr Communications. BMC produces a number of informative podcast series spanning a variety of topics in optometry. Discover a new show at itube.net slash podcasts. And cue Easy's perspective on the changing landscape of optometry. Since I started optometry school at the University of Houston College of Optometry, the world of optometry has changed significantly. Then again, so have the lives, perspectives, and opportunities of its optometry students, as well as those of optometry students everywhere. I will share with you what has happened since you were last in optometry school and what has shaped the optometry students of today. We survived a pandemic. The COVID-19 pandemic disrupted our programs in ways we could have never imagined. Schools shut down abruptly and classes went a year without meeting in person. We were thrust into a world of remote learning, electronic exams, and awful mass fog. No amount of Starbucks incentives could cure our Zoom fatigue, 
and the lack of in-person interaction initially made learning and socializing difficult. Despite the challenges, we persevered and adapted to the new norm. In doing so, we learned a lot about ourselves. We studied together and found that sometimes a Zoom meeting is the most efficient way to get things done. We taped our masks to our faces, found the most sweat-resistant scrubs, and upgraded our home Wi-Fi capabilities. Although the world felt vast and isolated, we created virtual hangout spaces to connect with students across the country whom we never would have otherwise met. Cats, dogs, partners, and home decor allowed us to connect more as individuals and strengthen our bonds as an optometry community. We learned about self-care. As we grappled with the challenges posed by the pandemic, we came to truly appreciate the importance of self-care and compassion. We developed new routines, learned to seek help when needed, and recognized that we were doing the best we could in an unprecedented situation. We learned to extend kindness and compassion to ourselves and to others. And in doing so, we discovered that self-care is not a one-time event. Instead, it requires ongoing practice, attention, and care. For some of us, that meant closing our textbooks and turning on the TV. For others, it meant logging off social media and spending time outside. Whatever our means of disconnecting and tuning into our own needs, we were all able to reflect on who we were outside of clinic. We learned to nurture the humanistic part of ourselves and found that it made us better clinicians. Our ability to connect with our patients on a personal level was enhanced, whether it was through a mutual love for the Avengers or catching up on the latest football stats. We woke up to a new reality, one in which diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives were gaining traction everywhere. We acknowledged that our campus communities were not representative of our local communities, and we knew we could do more to bring about systemic change. Across our campuses, we saw a renewed commitment to creating a more equitable and inclusive environment. This commitment included the implementation of new programs and policies designed to promote DEI, such as bias training, mentorship programs, and opportunities to reflect on how institutional policies and practices may have contributed to this lack of diversity. We began to speak up and be heard. We paid the premium. Optometry school is a worthy investment in our future, but it comes with a hefty price tag. With student debts often exceeding $200,000 upon graduation, we are facing a long road towards financial stability. Virtual learning may have saved us from the cost of commuting, but the tuition prices have not changed. There are also additional expenses associated with studying from home, such as better desk chairs, higher quality monitors, and whatever else we felt we needed to convert our homes into classrooms. It all adds up. Also, there are other school-related expenses to consider, such as externships, the MBEL exam, and all of it makes it challenging to plan for financial futures in a profession known for its high debt-to-income ratio. We still conquered boards. Despite all the challenges we faced, one thing remains constant. We still have to pass our boards. As students prepare for their boards, they are faced with a disheartening reality. Board passage rates have not improved and the prices have increased significantly. Optometry students are spending more than $1,000 on board prep courses, such as those from KMK and OptoPrep. Additionally, 
MBEO has raised board exam prices by a staggering 30% this year alone. The total cost is now more than $4,000 or $1,380 per part, and that's not including a new subscription test bank service offered by the MBEO at $200 per month. With part one first-time passage rates at 73% and a total passage rate of 87% as of 2021, students are feeling the financial burden and demanding greater transparency from the MBEL. We took advantage of opportunities. The optometric profession is constantly evolving with new modalities, technologies, companies and brands emerging, and students now have a myriad of exciting opportunities from which to expand their knowledge and skill set. From private practice to private equity to corporate optometry, students can choose from a range of career paths that offer their own set of advantages and challenges, allowing them to find the right fit for their goals and interests. I would consider myself an example. I have a passion for artificial intelligence and other emerging technologies. In exploring those passions, I've had opportunities to work alongside incredible people in eye care on products such as custom 3D printed glasses and computer vision retina assessment tools. We also discover that our role as students go beyond simply just learning the basics of our profession. We have the unique opportunity to shape the future of optometry through advocacy, leadership, and networking. With the pandemic as a backdrop, we've realized the importance of getting involved and participating in professional organizations. This has empowered us to advocate for expanded scope of practice laws and to appreciate all the contributions of doctors in advancing our profession. We adopted technology. With the profession rapidly evolving, optometry students are eager to explore the latest technological advances. Telehealth, AI, and virtual and augmented reality will be increasingly commonplace in our careers, leveraged to provide better care for patients. No-code tools will allow for practice-specific software to be built on demand, enabling the creation of custom applications for managing patient data or streamlining appointment scheduling in a way that best fits the provider. Meanwhile, 3D printing allows for customization of eyewear and optical devices, promoting personalized care at a fraction of the cost. For example, 3D printed eyeglasses can be tailored to an individual's facial measurements, ensuring a perfect fit and optimal comfort. Other AI tools such as ChatGPT from OpenAI will transform communication in the field, providing real-time answers to clinical questions and patient concerns. This technology will likely influence the way we and our patients interact with all text information, as AI-generated responses could one day replace traditional pamphlets, providing patients with personalized and easily digestible information on eye care and treatment options. Finally, as we continue to shape the way we practice with technology, we are increasingly harnessing the power of social media platforms to engage, educate, and share insights about the optometric profession with the global audience. We celebrated individuality. Optometry students have come to value their individuality, recognizing the significance of personal needs and interest while forging their career paths. Beyond financial gains and large practices, factors such as job satisfaction, clinic variety, and location have become critical in determining the success of our careers. Work-life balance is not a suggestion to us. It's a priority. Although relatively few, programs are learning to adapt to these changing priorities by introducing specialized programs such as OD-MBA and five-year tracks, catering to the personalized interests of students. 
Now more than ever before, the student preference is somewhere between finding the perceived best job and the best job for us. We know that we will have the power to make a positive impact on our profession and our community in our own unique way. We are the future. As we prepare to become optometrists, we are eager to take the mantle of leadership, drive innovation, shape policy, and ensure that every patient has access to the highest quality care. The world ahead may be challenging, but we began our schools and careers in tumultuous times. Today's optometry students are up to the task. For better or worse, we have practiced resilience each day, and we will rise to meet the challenges with passion, dedication, and an unwavering commitment to leave a lasting impression on our profession and shape the future of eye care. It's interesting to take a look at an experience through someone else's eyes, isn't it? I think the upcoming wave of new ODs will be a resilient, sympathetic, creative bunch as a result of their trials through optometry school during the pandemic. This next and last segment of the episode is an important one, whether you own your own practice or not. Solman Hans, CEO of the Doctor of Optometry program at the University of Detroit Mercy in Detroit, Michigan, talks about how to support your optometric technicians, because prioritizing your team is a critical element of growing your practice. Without a doubt, the practice of optometry today is quite different than it was years ago. Advances in technology and scope have allowed optometrists to function at a level never seen before. Although equipment is often a priority for those attempting to grow their practice, the value of support staff in this process should never be overlooked. As optometrists, we recognize the importance of using all available resources to help us deliver the best patient care. And to that end, it is imperative that any practice be invested in the training and well-being of its optometric technicians. There are several ways to go about this, which I'll review. Perhaps the most important way to ensure that you have a well-oiled team of technicians is to be selective about who you add to your lineup. Before hiring a new technician, make sure their goals align with the mission of your practice and that they are compatible with the culture of your organization. One way to do this is to involve existing staff in the hiring process and allow them to interact with potential candidates and give you their feedback before hiring. Completing the onboarding process and training of an employee only to have them part ways shortly afterwards drains valuable time and resources that could have been put to better use. Employee turnover is exponentially more costly than retention. According to Gallup survey estimates, employee turnover costs businesses in the United States $1 trillion annually. Turnover is especially difficult when it involves seasoned, valuable members of your technician team, as it can greatly affect the morale of remaining team members and even cause them to follow suit. Consider the state of your staff and your practice's work environment. Are your technicians overworked or burned out? As providers, it's easy for us to get caught up in patient care and to lose sight of the fact that our technicians are likely experiencing the same difficulties we are. Take the time to communicate with them throughout each day. They will thank you for it, and you will have a better pulse on the work environment of your clinic. Make sure to express your appreciation for your technicians and recognize their accomplishments. Our group practice has implemented staff appreciation initiatives, including an employee of the month recognition. We found that rewards as simple as a gift card or a rotating preferred parking spot created enough incentive for our technicians to stay motivated in the workplace. In the same vein, when you uncover missteps and errors, use these as opportunities for training. You don't have to look further back than your own experience as a student to recall the value of forbearance and sound guidance. Never underestimate the value of training your staff effectively. Make sure your technicians not only understand the procedures they're performing, 
but also the importance of performing them correctly. This will help them remain engaged, think critically, and avoid performing techniques robotically, which can lead to complacency and errors. Even veteran technicians can misunderstand the purpose or execution of entrance testing, which can be costly. I recall an instance when I had some downtime between patients and a group of our technicians approached me with questions about the correct testing distance for performing confrontation fields. I was surprised to learn that our lead technician, who was responsible for training other technicians, was placing their hands just a few inches away from patients' faces when performing this technique. So I explained the importance of the correct testing distance and demonstrated the proper technique. Within days, one of the technicians present for that discussion picked up on a subtle visual field defect in an asymptomatic patient presenting for a comprehensive eye exam. Further inspection revealed a retinal detachment less than one disc diameter from the macula. Now, although it would have been hard to miss this pathology, the entrance exam findings still cued me into the fact that something was wrong. This example underscores the importance of assessment and retraining of staff. Dedicating time to staff education will save you from having to troubleshoot as often in the future. Another point to consider here is that your technicians should feel comfortable approaching you with any questions, even those that may seem well within their scope of understanding and experience. The best way to foster this type of environment is to refrain from reacting negatively any time a technician or other staff member approaches you with basic questions, and to readily give them your attention. Had I not spent those few minutes I had in between patients with our technicians that day, the issue of performing confrontation fields incorrectly would not have been uncovered. In addition to training on techniques and skills, make sure your staff are proficient in using both existing and newly acquired equipment in your office. Your management team will likely understand the benefits of a new piece of equipment, but for best use, your technicians will need to learn as well. For example, when our group practice acquired new OCT machines, we decided to begin offering OCT screenings to our patients. However, we soon noticed a large disparity in the number of screenings performed between offices. Upon further investigation, we discovered that technicians were less likely to recommend screenings to patients at offices where less time was spent training staff on the benefits of OCT technology, thus resulting in less screenings being performed and lower revenue. Providing opportunities for growth is another effective method to help your technicians perform at the highest level. ODs who are members of the American Optometric Association can provide their technicians with complimentary AOA associate member status, allowing free access to its training programs and services. Technicians can also pursue additional certifications to further refine and expand their skill set. It is crucial that these efforts be recognized and incentivized by management. Otherwise, your technicians will be more likely to leave and find a practice that appropriately compensates them for additional training. One of the best ways to inspire those who work alongside you is to model the behaviors you want to see from them. Your practice handbook may outline best policies and guidelines, but it's your responsibility as a leader or practice partner to demonstrate them daily in your actions. If you tend to complain about late patients, double bookings, and long days, your technicians will do the same. The opposite is also true. If you have a habit of consistently being calm in adverse circumstances, your technicians will respect and model your positive attitude, or at the very least, they'll be less likely to complain when times are difficult at the office. Technicians are the backbone of our practices. Taking the time to consider their well-being and growth will allow you to take advantage of all the talents they have to offer, provide the highest level of care to your patients, and help your practice stand apart from those of your competitors. Even if you're not a practice owner, you can still play an important part in supporting the optometric technicians you work with as an associate optometrist. They don't say teamwork makes the dream work for nothing. Find this article online at modernod.com to access a sidebar on burnout. That brings us to the end of this episode. 
Did you find one of this month's articles to be particularly informative or simply interesting? Let us know. Email me at kroman at bmctoday.com. You can also use that address to send general feedback about the podcast or article suggestions for Modern Optometry, the magazine. Don't forget to tell a friend about the ModPod. We'll be back next month with a new mix of articles from our May-June issue. Until then, be well.